Traditions are sacred in the South. The Masters, SEC football, and fried chicken anytime. Now, add one more. Pull up a chair, fix your glass, and get ready for some good old-fashioned Southern charm. Welcome to Success in Sweet Tea, a podcast dedicated to your success in business, lifestyle, and relationships, all with a shot of Southern magic. And now, coming to you from deep in the heart of the Southland, get ready for an engaging conversation with your new favorite Southern couple, Doug and Vicki Miles. Hello, and welcome back to another great episode of Success and Sweet Tea. Today, Doug and Vicki continue their interesting conversation with Deputy Chief of Staff for Governor Kay Ivey of Alabama, Mr. Nathan Lindsay. Let me get political sure. for just a little bit. In, in my previous job at the Business Council of Alabama, before I came back to the governor's office, um, I helped run their political action committee. And it was very important to us at that time that, because we go out to our membership and we say, we want you to invest in a program that will elect strong business people to the legislature or people who support business issues. Right. And so I spent a lot of time with our team at BCA, definitely didn't do it alone, um, trying to make sure that the people who got elected to the legislature were good, smart people. Uh, some are still there, some are not. You know, people leave for different reasons. Sometimes people lose elections. Um, that was always very important to me. And it always felt like even if we don't get them all right, we get enough right that we can really make a difference mm -hmm. on the issues that we're going to support in the legislature. Now, that's different from the governor's office because in the governor's office, you see everything that is introduced, every bill that gets introduced, we lay our eyes on it. When you're uh, approaching it from how I was in the private sector when I was doing campaigns in governmental affairs, you've got a very narrow set of issues that you're focused on. And quite honestly, you know, when you're a, uh, an advocate for business issues, a lot of times they're just very boring issues that most people uh, don't care about, but it impacts how businesses operate, which right. then trickles down, obviously, to employees and everyday Alabamians. And so I always felt like we we did a good job in getting the right people elected. Mm -hmm. And that was always very important to yes. me. Yes. And we always hear that elections have consequences. Don't we hear oh, that all the time? Uh, well, sure do. <laughs> and I know you, you're a living example of that, aren't you? You, you see that every day. Right. And I mean, it, I can't, well, let me back up a minute. I, I can't think of a single particular thing now that I would say that is the one that I felt most important about or was the most important to me. Before I took on this role, I was the governor's appointments director. And that is the job where if there's vacancies on boards and commissions or if there's vacancies in political offices around the state. So if a judge resigns or retires or dies in office or a county commissioner or a sheriff, then that, appoint, that becomes an appointment by the governor to, re, to replace that person until the next election, typically. It was very important to me and to her that we did our due diligence on making sure that the people that she was going to appoint were the most qualified and were gonna do 
um, a good job and, and not be an embarrassment to the state of Alabama after they were appointed. So um, I did that for a few years, and I still work with our appointments director now on that. Uh, but just making sure you get the right people mm -hmm. in these offices, because at the end of the day, if if you've got if you've just appointed a new judge somewhere, you don't want people picking up the phone, or I guess these days social media, uh, posting things about I can't believe the governor appointed so and so to to this position. Now you're never going to make everybody happy in appointments, but. Um, it, it's been very important to this office that the people that she does appoint um, are highly qualified and will do a good job. And since she's been governor, she's made over 3,000 appointments. 3,000? 3,000. 3, wow. Busy lady, Doug. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that, that's, that's a remarkable number. I had no idea it would be that many. And she still has three and a half years left to go. <laughs> be many more then. There will. we got lots more to and look so forward Doug, to. Doug, go ahead and ask the obvious question. We have to ask him. What is it like to work with Governor Kay Ivey? It that is, has to be so exciting <laughs> every single day. It is. It is so much fun. Um, she's got this aura about her in, in politics. I mean, I think if you walk out of here today and ask anybody on the street who's the governor, almost everybody, at least from Alabama, mm -hmm. maybe not the tourists visiting, <laughs> but anybody from Alabama, will know the answer to that question. They will know it's Kay Ivey. And uh, so she's been around, she's got the, the, the gray hair with the, the, the look, and I think people just kind of look up to her um, and see her as this just interesting person. Right. And everybody wants to meet her. Uh, everybody that comes through the Capitol always asks if she's in. Uh, she definitely keeps things interesting for us. Uh, she asks a lot of questions. She always wants to know what's uh, going on. Um, but she's also just a very kind woman and um, very cares very much for her people around her, uh, whether it's her staff or her security detail. Uh, she cares deeply about the people that are around her. And if you're late to a meeting or you're stuck in traffic, she's going to worry mm. about you being stuck in that traffic. And she's going to ask about um, where you are. Um, not out of anger or anything, but out of concern. Mm -hmm. yes. And so um, she's, she's something else. I, I can only imagine that it would be a wonderful time to work with her, but I wanted to backtrack just a little bit. And we're talking about these, um, these times that you've faced some challenges in government. Uh, what was it like for you guys to work on uh, work during uh, COVID and working through COVID? That's, you know, that, that'll be something our kids and grandkids and kids after that will be discussing in the history books for years and years and years to come. Mm -hmm. And you've been right in the middle of it. Mm -hmm. So how, how did that, how did that all, how did that all work itself out? It's, I know it's, Got, there's got to be a story there somewhere. Yeah, you know, I was doing appointments at that time, uh, so I was not in the role that I'm in now. Uh, so I, I wouldn't have necessarily, you know, been in her office every day on on an issue related to COVID. That I remember that being such a trying time. I mean, 
it was confusing because nobody knew what this virus was. Yeah. And you hear the media reports. Well, how accurate are the media reports? And so what we did here, uh, which I couldn't stand, uh, because, but we were, we were taking the precautions we needed to take, but we limited one staffer per office within the governor's office to be working at a time. Now, when I was in the appointments office right across the hall, it was just me and an assistant. So what I would do is I would come in Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. My assistant would come in Tuesdays and Thursdays, and then we'd swap whatever work we had done. Um, but I didn't like it because I need to be, I need to go to an office. I like to come to work every day. I like to be here. And then to be told, well, you got to stay home two days a week. Oh, which by the way, your kids aren't allowed to go to school. So they're sitting in the dining room in front of iPads trying to um, learn. It, it was... It was, yeah. And you're trying to work. And you're trying to work. I mean, I can't tell you how many times I would have to walk outside on the back porch just to take a call because the kids were um, trying to do their school too. Um, but we didn't know what the virus was. And so we're all here. We wore our masks. Uh, didn't want to get anybody in this office sick uh, because we knew that no matter what was going to happen, we were gonna, somebody was going to have to be here to do the work and, and we worked closely with Dr. Scott Harris at that time uh, who's the state health officer um, on what the governor needed to be doing and you know the governor's even said I don't know if I got it all right I mean you, you make decisions based on the best information that you have at the time um, and which was usually best guesses because who really knew so that would have been a very challenging thing to have to navigate your way through absolutely I can remember um, being out and about right after all this happened and um, driving by the Publix over by our house and seeing the police cars out there and, you know, limiting people from going in. And I just remember thinking, this is really strange. But something as simple as that would make its way into the governor's office because people would complain about it. And it's like, wait a minute, we can't, we can't be having police officers outside grocery stores telling people they can't go in. Mm -hmm. I mean, we can take other precautions. So it was just little things like that. Um, that I found know. myself wondering, how is this going to resolve? Is it, what changes are going to be made that, are, that will be permanent changes? Um, I, I really can't even think of a... Uh, I think it was misplaced fear at that point, but that's what it was, and everybody was dealing with misplaced fear of the future because they didn't know, you know, were, when, when were the shelves going to have food on them again? Mm -hmm. uh, when are we going, are we going to go back to work? Are we going to stay remote? Uh, all these questions just, you know, going through your mind as a, as a dad, as a parent, uh, as a, you know, with your position here in the governor's uh, staff, uh, you had you had the state of Alabama on your back, you know. And then you could you could ask yourself, well, is this thing what what is it going what's really going to happen on a long long term scale about this? Are we going to get back to normal? And what is normal going to be now? Mm -hmm. But you know, I, I, praise God, you know, we we pretty much gone back to a pretty normal normal. 
Yeah, I, I always felt that way all along anyway. I mean, there was no way that people were going to continue to just live in fear like that forever. No, that they model can. could not sustain itself. No. I mean, I had no doubt that we would be where we are today, that things would be back to normal. We had I think to get, it happened faster than I figured it would. And I think it depends on where you live in different parts of the country, yes. too. I mean, I think if you look at Alabama, I mean, at some point, we were all just going to say, moving on. And, you know, it's time to time to move on with life and that's what we did and um, you know it was interesting to see how other people went back to work uh, you know we've been back full-time on a normal routine for gosh close to two years now and then you still hear some reports I mean I saw an article the other day uh, it was a national article uh, talking about how the federal government is starting to encourage people to go back to their offices and I couldn't believe it it's like you people aren't back in your offices yet I mean we've been back for two years and it's, it's good to be back. It's good to have the routine again. It's good to be able to get out and travel, um, get back on an airplane and go places and enjoy life. Yep, just yes. resume. That's right. Just, you know, hit the resume button and let's go. Yes, and if you've been in an airport recently, you know that there are so many other people that feel the same way. Absolutely. The airports seem more crowded than ever. Yeah, the floodgates uh, have been opened and everyone is ready to uh, freely roam around the cabin, as they say. Yes. Absolutely. So, well, that's um, that's interesting, and to hear someone that was there firsthand in the middle of all of that uh, when it was all going on, uh, we were all just sort of recipients of the trickle-down information that we were getting. But to be part of those teams that were trying to make those decisions, that was. Uh, but Doug, you're right. That's historical in and of itself. Just having worked in that environment at that point in time. But once again, we go back to good, strong leadership, mm -hmm. and good, strong leadership will stabilize and allow you to go forward. Yeah, good, good leadership has a calming effect. And I think that's, um, I think that, like you mentioned about, about uh, Governor Ivey, is that she, she brings an air of calmness about her, and that engenders confidence and when you put those things together, then you have something that's effective. Yes. And uh, that's I think that's what she's been overall as a, as, a, as a governor, is I think she's been an effective governor. Well, if you look back to when she assumed this office in 2017, I didn't work here at the time, so I, I was not around uh, to experience that. But the, the theme that she kept saying over and over again was, we're going to steady the ship of states. And because you had one governor that had to leave office, she had a few hours to assume office, um, and then you've got a new governor, and you've got to keep going. The issues don't stop. And that's always kind of been her leadership style, which I think people appreciate. I know I do, working for her. I mean, she is very much no nonsense, no drama, let's do the job. Mm -hmm. And she is focused on the issues, and that's how it is around here every single day, whether you agree with her or not on a particular issue, but um, that's her, that is her management style. I mean, it is different maybe from some other governors around the country, but you know, everybody's got their own personality, but she is very much nose down, let's get the work done. And I'm sure that you have enjoyed your, your time with her. Uh, when, you look up, when you look ahead, uh, we, we appreciate the fact that you're still a young man. We're a little bit older than you. We'll just admit that up front, or at least I will. Doug, are you going to admit it? I'm going to be quiet in the corner. <laughs> <laughs> what, 
what, what do you want to do from here? What does it look like going forward? I'll give you the same answer I give everybody else, which is the truth. I don't know. I have no idea. I, I so you don't have any new very early announcements no. that you want to make? <laughs> no, she's got three and a half years left in office. Uh, it, it, if she wants me to stick, I, I serve at her pleasure. So if she wants me to stick around, I'm happy to stick around um, as long as she, she'll have me. But, um, you know, Bob Riley always used to make this comment about um, if you want to see God laugh, make plans. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love that. That's, that's kind of how I, I feel. <laughs> I, I don't know what I want to do next. Well, Some days around here, you just want to get through the day. I, I can only imagine. Um, but we, we appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to be with us. It's uh, always great to get to spend time with uh, really successful young men like yourself. Um, I, I, because of, the, of uh, what our podcast and uh, what all of our writings are about is success and kind of... Um, you know, the Southern style of, of success, looking at success, you know, there's so many different paths to that. There's not just monetary success and financial success. We have success in our family life. We have mm -hmm. success in our spiritual lives. We have mm -hmm. uh, success in every area of life that uh, we pursue diligently. Um, you're standing at a, at a um, conference huge conference, biggest one you've ever been to, biggest one you've ever spoken at. And you've got kids in the room from, uh, say, 15, 14, up to 19, 20 years old, getting ready to graduate from college. What, what would be the single best piece of advice, best offering from your soul, from your experience, that you could give these kids to really get out and to make their mark on this world? Work hard, be honest, um, I always try to manage expectations uh, when I'm dealing with people. Um, don't give up. It's going to be hard at times, I mean, life is hard whether it's work-related or family-related or whatever. I mean, it, it is hard sometimes. And so just keep pushing. And you're going to make mistakes, and that's okay. I actually read that on my daughter's um, homework last night. Um, it's okay to make mistakes, which we all know that. But uh, it reminded me when I saw that uh, sitting on the counter last night. Um, but I think it's also good to set goals and to say, you know, set a goal. If you don't reach it, that's fine. Recalibrate and move on to, to something else. But, um, I mean, I could joke and say, don't go into politics. <laughs> I mean, I don't know that if I could go back to myself at that age, I often wonder, would I still want to go this route? Would I tell myself to go, to go the route that I, I find, would? I find myself, if I'm in a, in a restaurant, there's a lot of times that, that uh, we'll be sitting at, at a table uh, enjoying a wonderful meal and uh, you'll have this 
couple come in and they'll sit down in one spot and this other family will come in they'll sit down at another and and so you work your way through the room but my question has always been that I, I would give just just for five minutes of their time just to be able to sit down at that table with them and say how did you do it how did you do it so I'm asking you that question how did you do it I was pretty determined I mean, I always kind of knew what I wanted to be involved in, and I would just go do it. Um, I don't know that I really know how to answer that question, though, Doug. But you just gave the answer, and I'm loving that. You were determined. And maybe you didn't always know exactly what you wanted to do, but when you saw a glimpse of it, you weren't going to give it up. Right. Well, it's like I just told you. I don't know what I want to do next. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's okay. I don't know what I want to be when I grow up, so that's all right. right. But I want to keep doing something productive, and right. that's what I hear you say. You're going to be deliberate. You're going to be intentional with what you decide you want to do, whatever that something is. I think deliberate is a good word. Um, I, I think of myself as pretty deliberate. Um, I, I'm a perfectionist, and I will look at something over and over to make sure I have it right. Sometimes I still don't. Uh, but I, I kind of take that approach to most things. I mean, I want to do a deep dive. And maybe that slows things down a little bit at times, but that's all right. I mean, that's... You can live with the decision. Right. That's just kind of my approach to things. And um, it's very methodical. Mm -hmm. And I just... I've always wanted things to be so perfect that... And you're never going to get, I guess, true perfection. But if you try to get perfection, you probably get pretty close uh, at the end. Uh, so, But that's good advice, because what we're really wanting to project and share are people that have had a level of success. You've had more than a level. You've had a great successful uh, path and more to come, I'm sure. But I think there are people out there right now that really don't know how to get from here to there. And so hearing things and, and they, like... They want it so badly. Uh, yeah. there, there's so many... There. One thing that we've discovered is that... that, that Kids want to do well. Mm -hmm. They don't. They don't like to be failures at anything, and they know when they are failures. I have a daughter just like that, and they just, they they can't they just can't abide that. And I think that breeds within them the discontent that leads them to make some of the uh, to, to act out in some of the ways that we're experiencing today. And um, because they don't know how to get there. That's exactly. Know how to get but there. you know, a lot of times you see that in the real world too. Of course. I, mean, it, 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 I always say, you know, there's just certain people that try too hard and try to do too much. And, um, you know, a lot of times, even as I think about this office and the people that I work with on a daily basis, especially when things are stressful at times, sometimes you just got to say, okay, everybody, let's calm down. Let's take a breath. Let's think about this. Uh, let's talk through it and we'll figure it out. And see, that's that's one thing that that um, you pick up on whenever. Uh, and and I, I do want to say yeah. that there are times where I am that person that somebody else has to say, <laughs> "Calm down, let's think about it." I can I can go there too. Um, and now I forgot uh, I've lost my train of thought just about. Sorry, well, just no, calm down. Yeah, it's okay. Just let me It'll be all right. Take a take a deep one here and uh, see if I can get it back. But um, it it, it is. Um, these kids, they, they don't want, they don't want sometimes what, uh, or they don't want wh where they happen to be right now. 
they want better. I understand that. Uh, it is a difficult thing to try to, uh, to try to lead a child, to try to be, a, that's what, I have a lot of respect for teachers, is because they take that, they take that untapped energy and then they have to, first of all, learn how to successfully harness that energy, and then they have to push, push that energy into uh, a, an area that these kids are good at. And everyone is so different. Everybody is so different. And the, the approach, their approach to learning is different. And a, t a teacher is just, it's just, um, and I have no teachers in my family. I have, I've, I've been in business all my life. I've, you mm -hmm. know, I'm still, I'm a steel director and fabricator. So that's all, that's all I've done. Uh, now, uh, Vicki has got uh, an education background, but not me. But I, I never dealt with it on a daily basis, but I always saw the outcome of it. Uh, you know, whenever, whenever you get on a job with somebody, uh, you want this mainly. And this is where I was going with you all ago when I couldn't think of my <laughs> point. Now I finally worked my way back around to it. But you see the value, the, the, you, you can't even put a, uh, a dollar figure or any kind of uh, tangible measurement on what having the right person at the right place can do for an organization. You have to have good people. If you don't have somebody you can trust, then you can go ahead and close your doors because it's just not, it's not gonna work. You cannot have a weak link in your chain. Mm -hmm. And you can't survive business today with any weak links in your chain. Everyone has to be strong. I completely agree. So uh, you see that. And you have spoken on that earlier today, and I think that needs to be pounded home. And uh, uh, and I think that uh, you're you're a perfect example of what having a right person at the right place means, because you know, knowing and seeing how you um, how you deal with um, the situations that you find yourself in that you're that have been basically thrust onto you. Uh, you do an outstanding job, and there is absolutely no uh, wonder in my mind as to why you are sitting in that desk with the position that you hold. Well, that's very kind of you to say, Doug. Um, I, I would point out that it is definitely a team effort around here. I mean, nobody uh, is doing anything by themselves. We've got a good core group of people in this office, and we rely on each other a lot. So. Um, it's not just me. We've got um, we've got good people here to help and to work with. Well, I can't let you I can't let this opportunity pass without digging a little deeper. So, as a parent, what do you see as the biggest challenges today for um, our young people who want to succeed, as Doug has said, and obviously uh, your children have the advantage of someone who has been in a successful uh, path, but Talk a little bit about what parenting looks like these days. I st my oldest daughter is eight. She'll be nine in November. My youngest turns six next week. Um, everything about parenting, quite honestly, scares me to death uh, because everything is new. I mean, with your oldest child, at least, mm -hmm. everything is new. I worry about... 
every little thing, quite honestly. Um, but the world that my kids are going to go into when they get to college and get out of college, I don't know what that looks like. I'm an eternal optimist, so uh, I choose to think that it's going to be okay, mm -hmm. uh, no matter what. Uh, but I wish I could go back and remember how my parents dealt with things when I was that age. Because I can guarantee you I didn't think anything about whatever they were thinking about. And then now to have kids um, and to think about things that, they are, that are never going to cross their mind, whether it's um, because I have two daughters, you know, how do you pay for two weddings? I mean, you just think of things Good like point. that. Good uh, point. Uh, pray for scholarships. <laughs> Absolutely. So you can pay for the wedding. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, it's just, it, it could be that. It could be, gosh, I hope they're okay on the way to school this morning. Um, it's, it's, I, I don't give people parenting advice ever. Mm -hmm. um, I just say, I'm doing it for the first time, just, just like you. I mean, mm -hmm. it's, it's fun. I mean, I enjoy it, but man, kids can stress you out and, Absolutely. My mom always said, she's a wise woman to this day, you just love your way through it. And that sounded so, like such a cliche or such a little colloquial expression. But the older I get, the more sense that makes. You just love your way through it. Mm -hmm. uh, because that gets back to confidence and gets a little bit of that fear pushed to the side that everybody has. Uh, so, you know, mom wins again, just something that she planted in my brain many, many years ago. Right. I think moms win most of the time. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I know my wife does uh, at home. Uh, well, you see what I'm doing with her. <laughs> For 44 years worth. So, but, you know, um, when it comes to my kids, if I could just get them to be just a little bit cleaner and a little bit more organized, I think life would uh, be a the little bit better. The rest will take care yes. of itself. Again, this is my a bit of an OCD that comes out at home and just liking things in their place and clean and organized and my kids don't know what that means. But thank you for being a father. Thank you for being a loving father and for being someone who gives uh, children a stable home because as we all experience other um, children, uh, we don't see that everybody gets that advantage. So good for you. Another success that we get to add to your list. Well, thank you. So uh, that's... Um, your children will be the recipients of that particular. I've got great kids, program. even when they're really mad at me sometimes. <laughs> That's so cool. Well, again, uh, as, as we round this up and bring it to a close, thanks for making time for us. Mm -hmm. Sure. We appreciate so much. Uh, this is my first podcast ever. Oh, really? Well, great. I'm oh, glad so. I'm not used to this. Honored. When Jeff called me about this originally, I was thinking, oh, no, 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 no. I, I, <laughs> I do not like the, the limelight. I don't like the spotlight. I'm going to have to think about this. So uh, this is all brand new for me, too. Well, thank you for doing this with us because we're so honored. And we do handpick our guests. <laughs> we will tell you that uh, right up front. But it's been an honor to get to be here with you. And uh, in this wonderful environment that we've had here today, but mostly just because you were honest with us. And thank you for that. We want to share stories that inspire other people. Absolutely. And that's our whole purpose for doing success in Sweet Tea. Well, I, I hope that people understand that there are good people in government, and I'm not even talking about myself. I mean, I, I hope I'm a good person, but I'm talking about the people that right now in this building that work for the governor, um, that work for the taxpayer, 
there's a lot of really good people that wake up every day and do a lot of really good work um, for the people of, of Alabama. And I know there's a lot of times jokes about politics and government, and sometimes rightly so, but um, we, we try to do our best uh, every day here and hope we get it right. And if we don't, people will pick up the phone and call us and tell us that uh, they don't like our position on something. Well, well you, that's comforting to us who absolutely. sit on the other side. That's really good to know. Thank you for being with us. Thank we you. appreciate your time today, Nathan. Thank you. Thank you, Doug. Thank you, Vicki. Yes, our pleasure.